Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Damn it, disgusting display. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. <laughs> oh, all right. JC's still laughing, but thank God one of us is. The, the, the intro is wearing out on all of us. Uh, welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Julius Sharp, a.k.a. Goldie. How are you today? I, I now like writing. All right. <laughs> oh no, we got to rethink this whole thing. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh my I'm god! Kidding, of course, yeah, of course. Uh, That's yeah, very sarcastic. And of course, our uh, lovely and talented producer JC is with us. Hello, hello. There's our little inside <laughs> like joke that Goldie cannot be a part of, <laughs> as hard as he tries. Um, we've got a great episode today, and uh, I thought we had a, a good episode last week. Goldie, again, I, I listened to the episode again, and your tribute to your late mother-in-law was so sweet and touching yeah. and funny and, and just all, it was great. Yes. Um, so great job on that. I appreciate uh, that, yeah. and I nothing like again. the pressure of a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you nailed it. Yes. You Here's nailed your it. your one shot. I know. To uh, say something memorable about someone you loved. Well, you did. And uh, if you, you blow it. it, then that's all people will remember. You did not <laughs> blow it. You you oh. nailed it. So that was that was awesome. And you know, we've been hearing from uh, some folks, and they they really liked the topic of bits, and yeah. it was very fun to talk about bits. Those are jokes that. Uh, you know, our private jokes in the Family Guy writers' room, private jokes between uh, me and Goldie, or between anyone in different writers' rooms. We had a lot of fun talking about it. But I realized, when in listening to it, uh, we talked a lot about Tom Devani, who's a Family Guy writer, mm -hmm. hilarious guy. He's the king of room bits. We talked about him as the catfish who who keeps all of us salmon alert by <laughs> nipping at our tails constantly. <laughs> And he, he's the king of our of our room bits. And we talked about a very funny bit of his, which is uh, when somebody's one minute late into the room, he goes, oh, there he is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, JC has that somewhere. But oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> and it's always such a funny spotlight on someone who's late. And I was thinking to myself, boy, that is just, it's one of the most economical bits of all time. Three words and an uh. 
and it just does so much. And I was thinking, uh, boy, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, there he is. <laughs> so that close. might need to be auto tuned. <laughs> yeah, uh, there it is. <laughs> Uh, but then I thought to myself, fuck, we forgot Tom's most economical bit, which makes that bit seem like a, you know, like a Marcel Proust sentence in comparison. <laughs> he has a bit and it is so funny and so effective and, and costs writers a lot of money. And I'll tell you why. So on Family Guy, oftentimes... Oh, we're going to say what the bit is? Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> why? What? Oh, you mean I'll tell you why? <laughs> the, uh, okay, yeah. way to shine a way to undercut me when I'm trying to get us going here. I will tell you why. Oh, oh so you're this... actually going to tell us? Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's what podcasts are about. Uh, so yes, he has another bit that absolutely destroys people, and it's so funny on Family Guy. Oftentimes, writers like myself uh, and Goldie. And uh, John Viner, who is not asked to be a part of this podcast, <laughs> we will do voices for the show because Seth, a long time ago, felt that writers understand how a joke should be delivered, the timing of it, the emphasis on certain words, which has been a great, you know, boon to us yeah. because you get paid every time you do a voice. And, it, and it's fun, let's be honest, to hear your voice on a, on a television <laughs> show. It's a, it's a cool thing. So we get to do this a lot. In every show, there are writers' voices. Tom does this bit when we're watching early screenings of the show, like the animatic version, the black and white version, or the color version. And if if I have a voice, or if John Viner has a voice, or Goldie has a voice, as we're watching it, Tom will sit there, and, and the minute he hears our voice, he'll just do this. <laughs> just in, in, inhale through his teeth. Just inhale a little bit as though he's wincing from hearing something unpleasant. And it's all of our voices. And he does that to us every time. And by the way, he's gotten our voices out of the show dozens, maybe hundreds of times costing, over the years. Costing us six so, figures. so much money over the years. But it is so hilarious. Like, he does it all the time. And even though the showrunner knows that Tom is doing a bit, it'll, I remember David distinctly so many times, David Goodman, our, our old showrunner, saying like, I, I know Tom is kidding, but uh, do we need this? You know, like, so whatever Tom did, it just shown a spotlight on us enough to create enough confusion and enough doubt in the bit for it to get pulled out of the show. It's, and it's like someone hesitating to, in a rocket launch countdown. Yeah. Like you go, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't launch the rocket, right? Right. Like four. <laughs> Uh, three? No, wait, wait, wait. No, Somebody okay. call it just off. Call it's it off. safer, just don't. <laughs> so credit to Tom Devani for a bit that is simply sucking air in through his teeth for well, half a second, and it has cost us hundreds of thousands he, of dollars He does something years. even more economical How? if you ever play golf with him. Oh, yes. If no words are involved, as, as you're initiating your backswing to go into your drive... He will rip the Velcro of his glove. <laughs> That's and right. So you'll hear a <laughs> as you're going back, and, and everything falls apart. And it goes into a tree or a brook and lost forever. And it's, uh, you can't fault him. Like, he, you, you can't blame him because he's like, oh, all right, and, you know, I'm just adjusting here. And, and it's I'm so, just getting ready. And it's so funny for everyone else. 
for yeah. everyone else except and he nails john Vine but then like any kind of noise you know like a, a squirrel with a nut a wind through a blade of grass yeah you know a tea being pushed into loam like it all then is disturbing to you because you're now attuned to every sound in the world and it begins a total psychological breakdown Oh, he's so, I mean, and, and I think in the last episode, we described Tom Gamble as, as touched by God with some of his bits. I believe well, Tom, Devani, Tom Devani is touched by the devil on a lot of his <laughs> bits. They are, they are that good. They're both touched by something, the yin and the yang. So that was something that in listening to it, I said, how could I have forgotten, <laughs> which has cost me so much money personally over the years. So credit and, to Tom Devani. Which has cost me a lot of sanity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, God. oh boy. Uh, now, Goldie, was there anything you wanted to get into before we hit? Uh... Yeah, I just I wanted yeah, to talk ahead. just briefly. I wanted to pose a question to you and JC, and just lost in sort of everything that everyone is saying about COVID and the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Has it made everything way better? Oh shit! <laughs> Are we sleeping take. on this? A hot take. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because here's the case for it, and all the deaths aside, obviously, and right. sure, and, that's a big thing to push aside. But yeah, and our condolences on all this. Of Let's course, push those yes. aside. But people yeah. die every day. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Don't fear the reaper. The, the the global death count every day is staggering. If you're if you're to think about that, right? That way lies madness. So let's. Yes forget about the health impacts for a second. Right. We, we sure. know, we understand. That Aside that's from the health impacts. So we now, it's acceptable to work from home. It's just that's accepted. Great. Like that's that, if, I love it. if you used to stay home, it would initiate like, are, are they okay? Should we call them? And then it's like, when are you getting back in? You got to be here. Your job's in danger. Yeah. Now it's, it's like, oh, we're all just at home. So yeah. yeah. And working from home, like everyone's figured out, you can put your iPad directly in front of the Zoom screen and just do what you want all day, right? <laughs> that, everyone knows that. Yeah. Like, oh, come so, on. I'm surprised. So you can, your no, eye just... line is the stupid meeting that you're required to do for money. And then what you're really looking at is everything in the world you're interested in. Yes. <laughs> and uh... the, the bankroll is coming in the same either way. So that's the first case for right. the bankroll. <laughs> The second case. Wait, I missed so many first jokes of the day. I'm so sorry, guys. No, it's just, fine. <laughs> we don't need just to do Just a blanket that. first joke Tom, of the day. Tom Devani gets yes, first okay. joke of the day. Let me just play that for him. First joke of the day. First joke In of the honor day. Of Tom. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Okay, the, the second thing is, you know, in the course of one's life, however events you are, however many events you're invited to, you want to go to maybe... 15 <laughs> percent maybe and that's that's Goose being egg? generous, that's generous. <laughs> so now blanket you don't have to go to anything and it's totally acceptable like every stupid fucking birthday that was on your calendar yes. and all the like little gifts you had to buy which as you get older you go dude if you're like 51 and you don't have everything you want you're fucking stupid and i can't help you stupid. like there's nothing i should be able to get you that you want that you don't have or you're a failure. Like, you're a moron in terms of self-knowledge. <laughs> oh, you know, and yeah. uh, granted, we all have different income levels, so maybe some people, like, need the gifts. I get that. But I'm saying, <laughs> all things being equal, like, yeah. y- you know, I, y- you're leaving your house and you go, I have to pick out a bottle of wine and all that. It's it, That's gone. Yes. Yes, thank God. Yes. You're right. Yes. 
Those and are you, you can points. still get together if if you want. And it's it's in the yard, so now we don't have to deal with like everyone's dirty feet coming in your house and like they're yeah. sitting on your chair and you don't want them in your chair and then yeah you know it's it's all like just don't come in my house so <laughs> i don't have to like constantly vigilantly clean my house i don't have to worry about people seeing or touching my stuff all yep. that's off the table yes so, yep. no no more but, noodling on your guitar right yeah don't yeah. don't touch my yeah. stuff yeah yeah <laughs> I say this to my wife and kids all the time. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> don't, they must, don't. They must love that. Stop! <laughs> Put it down! Oh, no. Don't touch my fucking stuff! <laughs> I hate it! I hate when people touch my stuff. I do not like it, okay? It's out there. I don't like when I go and okay, there's no string there. cheese in the fridge and my stuff is moved. Like my Kindle isn't on the bedside table. It's in the drawer. It's Fine on the table. Don't touch it. <laughs> if Leave only your wife listened where to it this. Is. It's not a mess. It's not a mess. It should be there. It's out because I want it there. So that's another thing. So the third aspect of this, and this is more for people like me who are bald. The, the mask. Really? No one knows what you look like anymore, so no one's getting preferential treatment for being hot and i get i guess that's hurting a lot of people and it's like people used to be nicer to me well welcome to the fucking real world we're all just maskless shapeless nothings and so we're all i think for the first time being treated equally and horribly which is how i get treated and now you know and now you're experiencing it and it brings me great joy Oh, uh, well, you've made strong Ooh, points. Well, it's hard to argue that. Yeah. Hard yeah. To so argue I'm saying that. if if kids can still go to school and oh, adults yeah. are at home, this is the dream. Yeah. Bonanza. Yeah. As, home uh, alone with your stuff, everything your where you stuff. want it. No yeah. one else can touch it. Oh, it's, you know what? You you've convinced me. Yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm I'm pro I'm pro COVID yeah. now. So I'm like let's COVID. just keep transmitting it like not a lot but <laughs> enough to keep this going yeah, yeah. mild mild transmission <laughs> yeah, just so mild, we can go like eh, not mild. yet not yet yeah, maybe in a I month know. i'm hearing <laughs> bad things guys I mean, we're it... so close if we all just uh but we can't <laughs> yeah. we can't variants etc oh the, there's a uh, the risk of a uh, and we just need to stay home ish <laughs> yes Oh, man. Well, you've made an excellent, excellent case. You know what? I'm starting to believe that fourth place in the uh, debate competition (laughs) fair, your county, whatever that was. Oh, it was a national Um, championship. Right. Nobody nobody remembers because nobody cares. Well, no picks, and it did happen. We're here. No (laughs) picks. Didn't happen. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And uh, you know what? We're right here on the precipice. Goldie has made a lot of funny jokes already. So let's hop into the segment of the show that's killing us all. Let's hop in to Johnny Jokes. I think you were doing that to cover the leaf blower, but I loved it. Wow, what a great here's Johnny's. And now we have a very special episode today. We have a guest, and we talked about it last week. We are lucky enough to have Hollywood writer, writer of The Goldbergs, New Adventures of Old Christine, Dr. Katz, and most spectacularly, Everybody Loves Raymond, our guest today is Mr. Lou Schneider. Lou, how are you? Hello, fellas. How are you? And JC. Hello. Hello, (laughs) and JC. Oh, he's in on the private joke. Goldie's not in on it. Lou is. I just said how I was for like (laughs) 10 minutes. All right, anyway. That was a bit. (laughs) That was a Oh, he knows bits too. Lou's got bits. (laughs) Um, The teacher becomes the teacher. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the Johnny Jokes window now, and Lou has been gracious enough and willing enough to say, I want to be a part of these Johnny jokes. So today, our first Johnny, uh, we're lucky to have him. We're happy to have him. Mr. Lou Schneider, take it away, first Johnny. All right. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you're going to find that this beer is dangerously close to Rod Serling territory, but here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Trump ally Steve Bannon uh, turned himself in. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, he uh, has been indicted on uh, two counts of contempt of Congress and 1,000 counts of contempt of soap. (laughs) (laughs) Off and running. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Oh, boy. I don't know if you saw this. Another flight attendant has been punched. Yeah. Evidently, the airlines are taking some serious measures. Uh, Soon, it's going to be an option. Uh, for $50, you get one check bag and three minutes of light sparring. <laughs> <laughs> there may be overlap today. Oh, guess, oh I love it. Guess the skies are not so friendly. <laughs> oh, tag. Nice, nice, terrible scooper there. All right. Uh, oh, boy. This just, just came over the ticker. Uh, had some terrible floods in Egypt. I don't know if you saw this. More than 500 people were hospitalized after these floods when they were stung by scorpions. Oh, yeah. uh, government officials called it horrifying to behold, unless you were one of those idiots who liked Fear Factor with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> and that will also be plague number one in Haggadah 2, Passover Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very Johnny. Very Johnny. Boogaloo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, SpaceX engineers are relieved, uh, and you should pardon the expression there, uh, to announce that the toilet malfunction on the latest mission has been fixed. Uh, yeah, the SpaceX astronauts will not be returning to Earth in diapers, 
well, which would have required someone to spacewalk to an orbiting Walgreens to pick up a pack of Pampers. Excellent. <laughs> 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 yes. That was for you, Salt, because of, of all the alliteration. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got one for you today. Awesome. Uh, awesome. That was uh, finally, very... uh, oh. finally, a retired utility worker from Maryland announced that he has won the lottery for the second time uh, at the press conference his wife smiled sweetly, and then less sweetly when he said, no, not you. I actually won the lottery twice. I didn't tell you about the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Very yes, good. Johnny, way to go. That was wow. always, great. Thanks, always go first because I can't follow these guys. So. Oh, no, please. Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, I would have killed for some of those jokes. Okay. <clears throat> Second, uh, more uh, throat gurgly Johnny coming up here. Oh, boy. Did you see this? Uh, some good news. Uh, a chairman at the CDC said earlier this week that the COVID vaccine will not put children at risk of infertility. Uh, boy, this is great news for all the eight-year-olds out there looking to start a family. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jabbing my way in, as Goldie says. And here we go. Uh, second joke. Uh, an artist in Israel has staged a nude photo shoot to highlight the disappearing Dead Sea. Uh, the photographer said he chose naked Jewish men to remind people that the water line is down almost four inches. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a cheapie. I'll take a cheapie. A goodie. Uh, yeah, I speak from experience. Here we go. Uh, oh, boy, I got a lot to choose from here. And none Lots good. to choose from. None, none good. Okay, I'm going to try a different kind of joke here. Uh, DC Comics has announced that the Man of Steel is now bisexual. Yeah. And they further added that he's now faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and able to cancel unwoke boomers with a single tweet. <laughs> there we go. Tag it with, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's super them. Oh, that's very good. All right. That's and very here, good. Here comes go. the last one. Uh, you, you want alliteration? Johnny's going to give it to you. Uh, House of Gucci. House of Gucci. <laughs> A new film starring Al Pacino, Adam Driver, and Lady Gaga comes out in theaters later this month. Yeah, if you'd like to learn more about the picture, you've got to go Google Gaga Gucci. <laughs> oh, wow. Why did I close with that one? <laughs> Head is spinning. We're now on to final, Johnny. Take uh, it away. That end was Mama Messy. Yeah. <laughs> That was very good. Those were very good jokes. Yes, they were. Uh, thank you. All right. For anyone who hasn't had enough, here we go. <laughs> this week, Britney Spears was finally liberated from the conservatorship run by her father. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thousands of her fans gathered outside the courthouse in celebration and were then picked up by their fathers. <laughs> okay. And we're off. <clears throat> Sylvester Stallone's manager, Jeff Wald, has died at 77. Yeah. And always a class act, Sly issued a touching tribute saying, <laughs> uh, No one can say it better than Sly, right? <laughs> All right, here we go. So there have been hundreds of cases of air rage in the last few weeks, and travel for Thanksgiving is expected to be more hectic and harried than ever before. 
So airline officials are warning all travelers to leave early and expect long lines of people waiting to punch the stewardess. <laughs> That's what I, you know, kind of took the, the steam out of that one. And finally, Start finally, a new survey says America is in a great sex recession. Yeah, people are having less sex than ever before. It's so bad. How bad is it? It's so bad, one in two Americans isn't even in one American. <laughs> <laughs> Take me home, man. Oh, that's yeah. great. Let's go. Wow, that's that was fun, Lou. You were excellent. Yes. Wow. Thank you for getting us kickstarted. Guys. And now we'll we'll give you an. I want official... to redo all of mine. No, they were great. They were great. And so I gave you a bit of an introduction. There was some controversy around it. A bit of an introduction during the uh, the Johnny joke segment. But thank you so much for for being here with us. It's a it's a real yeah. thrill. You know, obviously there's a lot to talk about in your in your writing career, and I'm sure you have different stories or points that you'd like to share. But I, just to, to, to open up, first of all, I, I want to say Everybody Loves Raymond was a, an absolutely fantastic show. And Goldie and I both worked at CBS uh, for Craig Kilborn while Raymond was, you know, in its, in its heyday. And that show, the effect that that show had from 8 o'clock or whenever it was on, 8 or 9, I, for, yeah. I forget, on our ratings at 1230 at night was incredible. Like <laughs> wow. well, I can rating. explain that. <laughs> yeah. oh, go ahead, explain. <laughs> because CBS skewed so old. How yeah. old did it skew? <laughs> <laughs> it, no, CBS, this is, I figured out, like, we shows that came on on CBS retained audience so effectively because they were on in day rooms at nursing homes. So <laughs> no one could either, either the people who were attending the old folks didn't turn off the set or so they just left TVs on. That was CBS's audience. So and that was their model. A, yeah. It was just, it was just the wallpaper that was out there. So don't, don't get excited. I don't know. I think you're, you're being overly humble because everybody loves Raymond was a fantastic show. And I feel like it's not to say that the show is like forgotten or anything like that, because of course we remember it. I feel like it's not talked about enough when people talk about the greatest sitcoms of all time, because I really feel like that was one of them. I, I can't remember a show. Of course, Seinfeld, you know, caught lightning in a bottle with their casting and they mm -hmm. had those four yeah. who were fantastic and you could hand the ball off to any of them at any time. Raymond had five, five of those people. You had Ray, Patty Heaton, Robert, and the two parents, and they yeah. were all hysterical. What was that like to know that you could just literally give a joke to anyone and they would score huge? Well, first of all, all, all thanks and praise has to go to, you know, obviously you guys know this, you work in rooms. Um, it was Phil Rosenthal and Ray Romano were a, just a fantastic, you know, merging of two great talents. So it was, yeah, cool. so it was really lucky. And, and they just knew, they just kind of got each other. Although Ray at the beginning was a little reticent. He really, you know, he's obviously a great actor and, and we've seen yes. it, it's all been, you know, borne out in his post Raymond career. I mean, he's just great, but everybody always says, uh, it, he, he, he really was a little concerned at the beginning about doing stuff that he didn't quite feel comfortable with. He said, well, I don't really, I got to drink coffee. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Great, Raymond. I don't know. 
You know, why? Why? That's awesome. And so that's he, great. That's a great Raymond. <laughs> so, yeah, I had no intention of answering the question. It was all a segue. It, it felt like we walked in. Right, right, you walked. You walked into a stiff right hand. Uh, so, so I. Uh, so so Raymond said, "I don't really drink coffee." And Phil would go, "Yeah, well, now, now you're going to be an actor." And so you, you, you kind of learn that. Um, you know, we modeled our. You know, you stand on the shoulders of giants, and and. Phil would admit this too. That's, like, that's modeled, Robert. We would, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We modeled a lot of what we did on on the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, um, another cool. classic. Wow. Right. So you know, we we did that thing of you know, you come in the room and it's like you know, you're sitting there in the morning and someone says, you know, how did uh, you know what happened this week? And someone and someone would pull a Goldie. Like everyone's got to move my stuff. Everyone's moving my stuff. Yes. And as soon and one person isn't enough to get a story going, but if someone else said. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. And then once the, once the room gets rolling on something, someone says, put it on the board, and at least that becomes the germ of an idea. And like you say, That's I'm so back cool. to your casting thing. Five amazing Stars. choices to go to. And we knew who to go to for what, and you could go to a joke for anybody. And also, in those days, you had time. You could just cut to looks on that show. RS broadcast scripts were sometimes, you know, this is uh, – Famously short. Yep, 31 pages. You know, that's wow. incredible. Wow. So you don't, for those of you who don't know, when you say an as broadcast script, that's like the, the, the actual teleplay of the show that yeah. aired. And normally on a sitcom, that's like around 40, high 30s, low 40s. But with Raymond, and it's famous for this, along with, I would say, The Golden Girls. Those oh. two shows are famous for having what I guess we call in the business laugh holds, where you would just angle on a certain character's facial expression, like uh, um, uh, B. Peter Arthur. Bo- P- uh, B. Arthur, Peter <laughs> Boyle. I was thinking and, of Peter and Boyle. And also Brad Garrett. Brad's face Brad was, Garrett. was amazing. You could just and they cut could to hold his face. a shot of that character for, you know, it doesn't sound long to say eight seconds but if you count that out and in a half hour sitcom yeah. if you have three five of those it's like yeah. you're halfway home yeah. and that that show was so great because they would tell the hilarious joke and then they would let it breathe so effectively and the live audience that was there was so on board with yeah. everything that they were doing uh, that episode just like, where uh brad garrett uh sorry i forget the character's robert, name robert robert thank you uh, Robert brings this woman home to meet everyone and she eats a fly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, that was, the script must have been like six pages. Right. It, it's it was, unbelievable. It was a real, it was a real story. Obviously the, the, the actress, I mean, the, the, the character in the show, the, the, the woman in real life did not eat a fly, but it came from Ray's brother, Richard, uh, who was a cop. And he met this, uh, this lovely woman and I, I think in real life she's a little freakier than than we portrayed her. Um, but he went home with her, and when she turned on the lights in her apartment, it was you know it was like a New York apartment, you know, six hundred square feet of reptiles. Oh, no. and, and he went to the bathroom, climbed out the window, and was never heard from again. <laughs> so so we so he did do that. He walked into a, an apartment, and there were a lot of uh, snakes and and frogs and stuff, and then. And then she ate a fly at the table, and Ray and Ray almost blacked out because he had like a hard thing. But he was so keyed up when he was delivering one, and she ate it. <laughs> he 
he almost he almost he said I almost passed out just from like the anticipation the reaction yeah. yes yeah from him from me no from him from the, from the length of time he drew out the 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 speech like oh. like he went he went short of breath so he's, not, he, he's not trained. Did you know him from stand-up? <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how I got the job. I knew Phil because I'd been an actor on a show uh, in the early days of Fox. I was on a, I was on a show called Down the Shore. I was a guy. I was sort of like the like the Jewy center of the show, as opposed to the Jewy center. Phil Jugit. I. Every week, you know, there was Tom McGowan, who was a great actor, and Louis Mandelor, who was like the cute, like Italian stallion guy. And every week we did, you know, it was like friends, but if people were like a little less good looking or a lot less good looking. <laughs> and we shared a, a beach That's house. every show. And, and I was the guy who every week said one of two things. I said, guys, did you ever stop to think? Or, hey, did it ever occur to you? So, like, I've been a stand-up for so long, and my my jokes every, every week, are, ooh, some great setups this week, you know. So, <laughs> so, That's what you want. Yeah. So, um, so I knew Phil because he was a writer on that show, and then Ray I'd known from doing stand-up in New York, and we, you know, we you come up with your class, you know what I mean? I don't know who it yeah. was at Gladys's. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, good reference. Yeah, I, hey, listen, I'm a fan of the show. This is so hard for me because I've been talking back to you guys in my car, <laughs> and so I'm great. finally here. So I'm going to ruin this podcast. No, no, you're, you're enhancing oh. it, it like the '90s uh, CSI shows. Enhance, you're enhancing, enhance. Um, okay, so your cla- Ray was in your class, and yeah, we totally John get Stewart that. and Ray, yeah. and like oh, Attell right. was a little bit. Like Mike Royce was kind of Mike Royce was a tremendous writer who was on the Raymond staff. He yes. he was just a little bit behind, like a little behind me. Um, yeah, but like yeah, Jeff he Stilton for today's show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did, did you? Because <laughs> you so then you started stand up during the boom. Yeah, I yeah I had gone out to Chicago after college to take classes at second city and never even auditioned because it's like, it was the draft. There were so many brick walls to stand in front of and they needed guys as fast as they, <laughs> as they could find That's five great. minutes. <laughs> so like, so Jeff Garland and I were, were standups in Chicago. We met at the comedy womb in Lyons, Illinois. Oh um, yes. Above the pines restaurant and Garland and I were, uh, would would hold up the cigarette machine pretty much and like c- cut down the other acts from you know back in the in the wings. And, uh, so that's how we met, and then that you know that came back to haunt me on the Goldbergs because that's how I got that job was pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Gar- at first, it was sort of yeah, Garland feels very comfortable with you. I'm like okay, so <laughs> and it was like Garland would like you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said, I said, I said, I don't know you're going to get a guy who can do it any better, but you might fire me after nine. And, uh, <laughs> Um, there is that thing of when someone knows you but hasn't seen you for a while and they're like bring him in and and you're just like you don't understand you're gonna hate me yeah (laughs) and we've always kept in touch but there is that thing of like you i'm not the person you think i am (laughs) it's not the same as hanging out behind a stand-up stage no kidding on other comics (laughs) yeah can't wait to read your script (laughs) (laughs) yeah that could be anyone um to get back to raymond uh for a minute i remember i was in a, a hotel and you know you you watch kind of 
your viewing uh, changes when you go to a hotel. You're, you're like, you don't have as much to choose from. Right. And there was a Raymond. Oh, I on. thought this was going in a terrible place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the porn <laughs> didn't work. And I would okay. call the front desk. They said, stick with CBS. No, so I watched I watched an episode and, I, and it might have been the first one I had ever seen, or I, I can I might be remembering it wrong, but it, it, there was an episode where Raymond is constantly like playing with his wedding ring and he like flicks oh. it on a table oh. and it then oh, it my falls God. through a vent. Oh. And it goes I, into yes, I laugh. It goes into so an air. Hard. It goes into a vent on the floor, and he has to fess up that he lost it. And uh, and I have a story off that. Yes. Um, do you do you mind if I tell it? No, oh, please. please. <laughs> please That's what you're here for. Um, you better. So we did because that really happened, and Ray, Ray used to spin his wedding ring constantly. And in fact, yes. in the writers' room, we got in so much trouble. You talk about things to do to pass the time. We would have wedding ring spin-offs where we would all <laughs> like take off our rings and you know. <laughs> And put the put the clock on it. Put the clock on it. No, you're not. You started it too. So we would. I mean, we would do hours of anything to avoid. We threw sure. dice. We did everything. But there's so many room bits that I would be fired for today. Of I, course. I, I humped. I humped so many inanimate objects. It was, it was so I would be fired in, instantly. Anyway, they, they so, can't consent. Right, 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 right. So yeah. Anyway, the so Ray would spin his ring, and it, and it did do that. It went, not in the room, but he did it somewhere, and it got he got in real, real trouble for it. Oh, um, and he was ultimately only able to buy seven hundred thousand priceless rings <laughs> to replace it. <laughs> anyway, um, so my wife, we take the kids. This is this is when I was at the Goldie, uh, the Goldie phase of my life. Now, you guys, as I think about you, Goldie, as we used to say in um, you're in the shit. Yeah. Um, he's got too many kids who want too many things from him. Alec, you don't count. You have one child and your wife. That's right. I, mean, I always say I'm I'm 10 minutes too old to have the kids I have. Exactly. <laughs> you could have been okay. Right. I feel I, my, my heart goes out to you every time I hear my, oh, he can't sleep. He can't shit. He's, it's, you know, he's on someone else's schedule. The poor guy. But anyway, so we, we take the kids up to Mammoth Mountain and we're staying at this place. And uh, we, we go down to the hot tub. The, my wife lives and my three kids and we go down there and I have the keys to my car, which have, has, we, we didn't unpack cause it wasn't ready yet, but they said, you can use, you can use the hot tub. So we go down right. there and I've got all my junk. My, my jeans are, are in my arms and we get in the elevator <laughs> and my car, the car keys fall in slow motion. They fall from the pocket of my jeans as I'm telling the kids to get the hell in the elevator. And, and they fall in the crack between the no. door and, uh. the, and the floor that you've come to. So, it, so they've fallen oh, now no. down five floors down the oh, shaft, no. and this is on Easter weekend. So oh. now it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Liz has the room key so we can get in, but we can't get in the car, which has all our luggage, all our ski equipment. Um, oh, no. So I'm like... Uh. Ah, so I'm, I, I'll go, I go full Goldie. All my hair falls out. <laughs> I, I, I'm screaming. I'm screaming. I'm screaming. And like, God damn it. And the, and the kids are freaked out. And, and, and Liz goes, like, so some AAA guy finally jimmies the car, gets it open, but I can't drive it or anything. So now we got to wait for the guy from Otis to come to the I was going to say Otis. <laughs> Otis. Right. We had to wait for the Otis guy to drive up from Lone Pine. He was going to be up there <laughs> doing something, you know. 
attending a gun rally or something. So anyway, turns up. And, and, but anyway, my wife in her sweetest way says, well, maybe, you know, look, maybe this could be a great episode. And I said, no, it can't be a great episode. Don't you remember two weeks ago, Ray's wedding ring went down? The- <laughs> I said, this isn't an episode. This is just something shitty that happened. <laughs> it's already been burned. Right, right. You can't use it. Oh, I was so, so anyway, yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) So funny. Okay. And now, you know, something else that we, we have in common aside from being uh, writers and Jewish people (laughs) is that we grew up in the Boston area. So you're a Brookline native. Uh, Goldie's from Lexington. I'm from Weston. We could all throw a wet nerf and hit each other. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was that like for you? Did you start stand up in Boston? Because I know there was quite a scene there. there was. I, I, I started in high school. I did one oh, cool. set. I, yeah. I did one set at like, it was like a talent contest. And, and the, my greatest achievement in that was that they were like, yeah, we're going to have a rehearsal. Well, you know, you can't like rehearse stand. No, no. So yeah. I had to shine them on like with excuses like, yeah, I, I can't rehearse today. I, I can't do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And they, and they, they let me go on anyway. And, uh, and I just Unvetted. basically did it. I just basically did impressions of math teachers, and that was right. it. <laughs> so, I, yeah, right. so I thought I thought I had it. So, right. but but then but then I like I said I went on, I went out to Chicago, which is where I started doing stand up, and then I was able to come back to Boston because famously Boston never flew anybody in in those days. I guess now they fly people in to do the connection and stuff. Right. But yeah. they had so many great comedians then that they wouldn't fly anybody in. So if you found a way to get to Boston, you could make you could make the airfare fast. I mean, like because there were so many rooms and so many good comedians, and if they liked you, if you were non-threatening enough, right, yeah. uh, you could get these these jobs out in Worcester and Sudbury and New Hampshire. Right, like the you dream. Could do all these, yeah, be like, <laughs> right. But before you got in it and did sets at like Nick's or the Connection or or and later at Catch in in Cambridge. You could still make a living. So I would come back and sleep in my old bedroom and do, oh, cool. you know, but that the hard part of that was my mom knocking on the door and going, what time is your performance? <laughs> your performance? Jewish, Jewish. <laughs> shouldn't, you, like, shouldn't you get going now? <laughs> and I would say, it's, it's not a performance. I'm working. Oh, I'm sorry. Your work. What time is your work? And then I would say. I don't know, Ma. I, I I don't know. I'm middling. I go on. I don't know. The show starts today. I go I go on at eight forty five. The Sapers want to know because they want to they want to see you, but they want to go to dinner. Ma, I don't know. If they come to the show, they fucking come to the show. Oh, Lewis, there's no need to raise your voice. Our moms are the same. Just and every- then it's also these neighbors are gonna hate everything you do. Oh, right. oh yeah. they every show since Raymond. We weren't much for that one. Yeah. We weren't much we for weren't that. Much but for we that. watched. We watched. Yeah. yeah. Or, or how about the worst? If I was on it. I thought you you were cute. Yeah. <laughs> you were cute. <laughs> you were cute. <laughs> they, but they, but they, the nice thing is when you get another one that they kind of like, then they really hammered. Oh, this one. <laughs> Yeah. Back on track. <laughs> As though you were at sea and lost yes. and yes. just failing Flay- and flailing. flailing. Yeah. My, oh, that uh, is so funny. You know, I was in Ted 2 late in the movie. I have three or four scenes. I yep. play a doctor. Yeah. Famously. And my mom, you know, was being supportive and, and her cousin 
wanted to attend uh, the uh, the movie. She wanted to see Wither. Yeah. So these two women go to see this movie. They watch a toy bear getting covered in jizz. They see all this stuff. And then they see me as this doctor. And so, of course, it's like, how was it? And it's like, you know, we saw some things I'm not sure that we wanted to see. Um, I love seeing you being a doctor. <laughs> like it was like they finally had their dream of you know for a minute I was actually a doctor even though I was a fake doctor but it was like that was good that yeah. you were a doctor Myrna, yeah Myrna wasn't entirely comfortable with the jacket <laughs> Myrna that's another great Boston name I didn't like it. it when the bear got covered in all the jizz um, the red. <laughs> Oh, that is so Aren't great. all yeah. toy bears ultimately covered in jizz? Was uncomfortable with the amount of splooge. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, they're hip with all the lingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, so, did you um, now? Did you go to Brookline High? I did. BHS class of '79. That that dates me, but that that's the that shows you how I'm out of show business now. And by the way, you look you look terrific. Yes. You look terrific for class yeah, of '79. Right. Jesus Christ, I'm class yeah. of '91, and look at me. I look like a a blurry like photo of a Hemingway Stop. book cover or something. Um, I graduated but, in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> you look terrible. Um, but yeah. so Bro let's talk about Brookline High for a minute because that's not only did my dad go there. Oh. My dad went to Brookline High. Oh, wow. He what was sulky. He was him. Sulky was in Sul my class. Casey Sulkin <laughs> in Brookline High. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, they, my my parents grew up. I mean, my dad grew up neighbors with Mike Dukakis. Oh. Mike oh. Dukakis was there his neighbor, go. so that's yep. where you know you know where, what circle he lived off of okay. there uh, sure. in Brookline. But Brookline High School, so JFK, right? J JFK. JFK. My dad. This is in in order of importance. Okay. Um, <laughs> and Conan O'Brien, correct? Oh. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. Oh, Robert Kraft, Mike Wallace. Oh, wow. Oh, right. Jonathan oh, Hodgman for you comedy people. Oh, you know, sure. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Conan, and Conan, who, and, and Theo Epstein. But Conan. Unbelievable. Conan was, um, and also Alan Rachins for you Dharma and Greg fans. Oh, God, you're my, never my, gonna get to speak at graduation. No, I, I did speak. So I did speak. Before you. Did you? I I oh. did. I, wow. I, I did. I, there, yeah. Two things. First of all, uh, Conan wasn't in my class. He was two years behind me. But his brother Luke was in my class. Of course, you know Conan had a thousand brothers and sisters. So the chances of you being in a Conan, in an O'Brien kids class, right? Pretty good. And, and in fact, Norman, the guy who runs Pino's Pizza in Cleveland Circle, shout out to Norm. Nice. Uh, with, oh, he he knows me. He knows I'm in Hollywood. He doesn't know my name, but he but he knows something. So he always says, "Hey, how's it how's it going in Hollywood?" Conan's <laughs> mom was. He always goes, "Conan's mom was in here Wednesday." Great, great to hear. That's amazing. But I that Pino's Pizza was such a central part of my growing up that when I spoke at Brooklyn, because I, I spent like at least 45 minutes there each Friday and Saturday night, that was when you used to drive around drunk. In, in, yeah, that's sure. Really <laughs> yeah, that, that all ended in about 2009. Right. We, we, we would go up to, we would get a six, drive up to Fisher Hill and, you know, drink a little and then go down and have pizza and think about what to do. Pizza. And so anyway, we, we, we would, I know the inappropriate R, a lot of people I love that. outside of Massachusetts don't add the R to pizza as it's supposed yeah. to be. Or, you know, or area. 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 
Yeah, yeah, here we So, so uh, I was up there on the stage, and I had these remarks prepared, and and my whole thing was at Pino's Pizza. The guy has put up a sign that says like rules. It's called Life at Pino's, and it's very poorly organized. It's like one. The customer is not an inconvenience to us. He is the reason for our business. Treat him with respect. B, be nice to the customer. (laughs) Two, keep all shoes and skates off the tables and benches. Uh, Oh, three, A, soap and water is plentiful in America. B, use it often. (laughs) So anyway, so when I went up, I said, everything you need to know as you go forward in life is right here on the Pino's takeout menu. (laughs) And and I had some other stuff to say, but I could see the gathering clouds and on my old printed out speech, which I printed off some crappy paper and crappy ink, a giant Boston size raindrop landed as I was about to start and basically obliterated a paragraph. And that was a message. That was a message like, just do the menu thing and get the fuck off this. (laughs) That was the, they were editing you. God was editing you. Uh, That's, that's amazing. God, because Brookline, it's a weird energetic hub of, of entertainment, of politics. It's, it's a crazy crossroads. It's weird because you have all those doctors who work at, uh, you know, all those hospitals, Mass General, Deaconess, Beth Israel, they, they all live in Brookline because it's easy access or it used to be, they had easy access to the medical centers in Boston. Right. But then you also had like this place called Whiskey Point, which was sort of like a public housing area. Uh, by the way, all white. Sorry. Right. Still okay. now it's now it's a huge melting pot. Now yeah. Brookline has like they speak thirty one languages at the high school, which you know, like it's so different now, but yeah. which is great. And in yeah. those days, but you had the townies and then you had like the Jews from South Brookline, which is where I lived, and so they would uh, you know beat us up when we got to high school. Um, so that's <laughs> how that went. <laughs> I, now, so you mentioned that sort of dichotomy of the townies and the Jews, and that is a thing that happens in a few Massachusetts areas. Uh, <laughs> one of them being, I believe you said uh, one of your parents was from Newton. So Newton. Famously, Newton South and Newton North have that. Newton North is yep. very Catholic, and yep. Newton South is very Jewish. Oh. And now, Matt uh, LeBlanc went to Newton North. Oh, yeah, Newton North. Yeah, well, he's yeah. A, he he probably uh, stomped on his fair share of Jews in the day. Sure. <laughs> but uh, how they you Jewish? <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Oh, yes. Great LeBlanc. Uh, you, you saved that LeBlanc in reserve. But, but Newton had this thing, and I'm wondering if it happened in Brookline, too, where Newton South and Newton North, uh, they were having a debate over taxes uh, in, in the town of Newton. And it was a very heated debate. Newton South was all for higher taxation to support their education and whatever. And Newton North was was against this. And so there was a, a heated debate. There was going to be an election. A week before the election, there were these anti, rabid anti-Semitic letters that were discovered wow. that were sent to, like, the Jewish people, like, you better not do this, you you know, you goddamn Jews and back off and all this bullshit. So put it in the, the pile. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna need a new. Fo- we're gonna need a new accordion folder. This one's full. 
<laughs> but so anyway, the result of that was that the measure passed for higher tax- taxation because there was so much sympathy for this racist incident. Oh. Then the uh-huh. FBI was called in. Yeah. They oh. analyzed the letters and discovered that the Jewish people themselves had sent the letters what? to create yeah. the sentiment to pass the measure. Whoa. It was Crazy. written That's on deep. parchment with a quill pen. And if they made a mistake on a letter, they had to go bury it outside. <laughs> it was done by a, by a Hebraic scribe. That's right. <laughs> That's how they traced it. But I mean, the paper Brooklyn... is covered in everything seasonings. <laughs> How did you not figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> the smoked um, salmon fragments uh, gave away. The paper was a little, the parchment was a little By the salty. Way, I thought. You know, no one, no one is aware of this. This is like linguists will study this. You know, the Jews who grew up in Boston, there's like the working class Jews who grew up in like Dorchester and Mattapan. Yes. And they have a little, they have some regional dialect things that are found nowhere else. Like, you know, everywhere else in the world, they say challah. But sometimes in Boston, they say chali. Yes, oh. my dad says it. Cully. Yeah, yes. Cully. And they wow. also, even at, at, to not to be outdone, they have the unleavened version. They have Mutsi. <laughs> Mutsi. <laughs> yep. My dad says that too. Mutsi. And Mutsi. Bu- and, bu- and Bupke. Bupke. Oh. Yeah, for Bobka. I'm, sw- I'm not kidding. It's wow. Bupke, Cully, Mutsi. It's mostly big things. And also, Did you my, yeah, go ahead. Go have ahead. I mean, there are two. My dad was from Lawrence, Mass, which is yep. very yep, working yep. class. His dad was yep. a roofer, but he had two Yiddish Yiddishisms I've never heard anyone else say. And one of them was "fakrimpta," no. which was like when you're making a face, and he's like, yeah. "Get out of here with that fakrimpta face." <laughs> that's <laughs> fantastic. No one it is from hearing it. Yeah. It's like that, you know what fakrimpta is. That's and the that, other. Go ahead, go ahead, go. Oh, the other was, and I swear I've never heard anyone say this, but he, he would say as an exclamation, like if he hit his thumb with a hammer, so he would go, you're so flocking, which is apparently Jesus Christ. But I've never no. heard anyone say that. No. You're so flocking. I've never heard that. I, by the way, I say, I say when something's screwed up, this just to make it a little less horrible, I say, uh, this is gefuchte. <laughs> that sounds great oh i want to adopt i'm stealing that yeah. i know i used to have relatives that would come in you know and, and it's boston cold and damp yeah. and rainy and they'd come in with their coats and they'd be you know wiping their feet on the mat and they'd go i for blunge it do you know that one that's a real thing. Flabunge, yes. Flabunge really means like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm all, I'm all out of sorts. He's Flabunge. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's what it was. So I heard that like probably on 80% of my relatives' entrances into my house. You know what, we, do you, how long, I mean, Salk, you're back there now. Are you getting into like coach stacked on bed season? Like yes. that's the one thing that we don't have here. It's like, we used to go in like, you could hide in a stack, in, in a mountain of coats when you were yes. a kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yes, Taking people's it. coat was such a big deal. It was like this. Whole, really? There was a lot of formality and ceremony around. Let me let me take your coat, and then it was like <laughs> you're bringing it to a totally different part of the house. Like, I know it's I'm in some downstairs bedroom. Why yes. a mountain, a mountain right. of coats? Yes, yes. And, and you've got to go always... sort the mountain when you're done, and yeah, yeah. everyone's wasted and like this tripping it. down the stairs. Who's drab? Tan coat is this out of the seven? Yeah, just take one. Just yeah. take one. Everybody looks like Peter Falk. Just take one. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, yes, a famous <laughs> Jew. Uh, boy, what a what a great area to grow up. Um, oh, yeah. And now, it, it, tell us, it, I also, um, you worked on New Adventures of Old Christine. And, yes. And that show uh, was also very funny. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, obviously. I, you know, I'm going to tell you, hilarious. I don't tell, I have to tell yeah. a funny Alzheimer's story about Please. This. Oh. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is completely adult, cannot remember a single... No, that's not true. She's not <laughs> Jesus Christ. She, hasn't she done with enough? I know, she's I amazing. Know. No, I... You know, I, I, this is... this is the You get the good, the bad, and the ugly with me. Uh, more, more bad and ugly, but um, <laughs> I came in... This is a, I had a hot start on that show. I worked there two years. I had a super hot start. I was told by the showrunner, we are so glad to have you. Yes. By the awesome. end of year two, I could not get a joke in. I had soiled the waters i had oh, wow. somehow and i would tell people i'm gonna be fired off this show and they're like no don't be si- don't be silly well i would have been fired the I, no, I never i no. i was so in, couldn't hump they took the bat out of my hands i i was so <laughs> <laughs> no no, I was so comedically inhibited in that room. I would take long walks to the bathroom. I like I had become persona non grata in that room. What happened? Um, yeah, why? Uh, I, I was there. I, was there an atmosphere that changed? Was it the times were changing? Yeah, and... changed a little. Oh, the pressure it changed yeah. a little. I, I, and I, I don't know. I, I, because I, I do. I think the people there were great. I just had a. Uh, I just went south. The showrunner and I sort of like, you know, I, I question things sometimes. And I, and I, by the way, I haven't done it on other shows. When I got my next job after that show and, and my, I got my first pitch in like on, you know, whatever, however long, you know, day one. Uh, and they were like, great, great, great. I, I was like a battered dog. I st- almost started weeping in the room. Like, oh, I'm back. Oh, I'm back. Oh, it's great. Oh, but, but it, and I have to say, I, I, but evidently my seat was kind of a rotating seat. They got rid of two guys before me and they got rid of a guy after me. And then, and then some people lasted, but I had a tough spot in there. And so, but yeah. here's the great part of this story. And this is the only reason to stay in show business for you writers out there. The accumulation of embarrassments and humiliation make no one wants to hear hey it was a great show everybody had a really good time all the time no you want to hear how props broke and how people like vomited backstage (laughs) you want to hear great stuff not vomit but you want to hear good humiliation so my mom who did have alzheimer's uh came out here she had the funny version so nobody get upset Uh, (laughs) she came out here my she's driving my wife crazy with the repetition liz Liz said take her with you I'm i'm going to costco take her Take her, take her to Costco. Yeah. This is a few years ago. So um, my contract was up on Christine, and I'm, we're coming out of Costco. And the Bluetooth, uh, I get a call in the in the car as we're coming out of Costco. And uh, it's, uh, Lou, can you hold? Uh, Carrie wants to talk to you. And so, oh, and by the way, I was expensive. I'd come on to that show, coming off of Raymond, I was really expensive. So yeah. I get the old, you know, if the money was there, you know, you know we <laughs> oh. just can't bring you back next year. You know, you know, we're being, you know, we're, they're cutting our budget. And and some of this is true, but also uh, we hate you would have also been. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so, so, so my mother, who's really losing it. So I go, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And, and will you help me on my pilot? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah, yeah. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Click. My mother then goes. So what's going on with work? <laughs> okay. Okay. So I said, well, actually, actually, what you just heard just then, that was me basically being fired. Well, she did. They, they didn't say we're fired. No, they just basically said that, you know, I'm, I'm not coming back. Again. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. And she's a social worker. So she's right in there. Oh, and that must 
really be a blow to your self-esteem. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, mom, it's fine. Mom, we, it's, it's fine. We drive, red light. So, what's going on with work? Oh, God. Oh, no. So, I had to give her that story six more times. Every red light. I was like, please make the light. And by the end, by the time I got to Santa Monica, I was just going, what's going on with work? I got promoted. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. I had a pilot picked up. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. I got a pilot picked up this year. No, yeah, they're pairing it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> what a great story. You know, it's it's funny. And, and just to give my own Alzheimer's relative uh, horrible story, and it's, it's, less, it's less tragic because she was my great grandmother who wow. lived to the age of 101. Oh, wow. Um, but cool. towards the end, she Big had... Big Raymond fan. Big Raymond fan. You know, huge, huge. Yeah, leave it on. Um, but so this was... She had this forgotten was... every episode. Like... <laughs> yeah, right. It was all like that NBC, it's new to you. Um, but, but so she, towards the end, obviously was incredibly forgetful, had this thing. And, and, and I was a young kid. I think we were... I was under 10. And I have a cousin, my cousin Ben, and we're about the same age. And we would always get dragged to these things together, to the to the nursing home under 128 in Weston. <laughs> and so, you know, it was like, it was treated like it was this palace. I'm like, I can, I can hear the traffic, you know. And so this is my, my great-grandmother, and this is heartbreaking. Every time we would show up to visit her, she would be in the lobby, completely packed, like we were taking her oh. out of there. Whoa. And so then oh. we had to go through this delicate dance of like walking with her back to her room with the bags unpacking and being like, here we are, wow. you know, and she'd be like, oh, okay. So that's a little heartbreaking and tragic. So to put the asshole me spin on top of this, we're, we're hanging out with her in the day room, as you said earlier. And at the time, this will show you what exact era it was. I had a Pac-Man hat. Oh, nice. Okay, like so a mesh hat <laughs> with a Pac-Man cool. on the front. <laughs> and so we're, as we're talking, my great-grandmother looked at it and said, what is that, dear? You know, and I, then I explain, oh, this is a video game. You know, of course, three minutes later, what is that hat, dear? Re-explain it to her. And my cousin and I are starting to giggle. So... As we're having this conversation, other relatives are there. And when she's looking at the other relatives, my cousin and I swap the hat. I put it on him, you know. And so then she comes back to us and pointing at him. What is that hat, dear? We're busting a gut. So that was us being cruel to our 99-year-old grandma. You know what? If it doesn't make them sad, we went. We took my mom for her, for a birthday one time. I think she was turning like 75 or something. And, and I said, Mom. Here's a toast. It was on the cape, actually. I said, Ma, here, here. it was in Brewster. I said, Brewster. Ma, I said, Ma, here, here's a toast. What are we toasting? It's your birthday. Oh, well, thank you, boys. And we, we <laughs> toast her. And then a couple minutes later, I go, Hey, Ma, we got to toast you. Your- oh. And my sister in law, my sister in law is fuming. And then she starts to laugh. And then my mom at some point sort of picks up the balls. Well, we should have a toast for something. And, uh, oh, I love it. That's great. You start playing how many times can we do it? And she was happy. By the way, she was happy eight times. What's the harm in that? I know. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Uh, And Goldie knows my my cousin Chuck, you know, we're all. Oh, yes. uh, Under under Mike. He's funny. 
He's a funny guy. Can't <laughs> masturbate at his hotel. God forbid. No, but don't no, give don't me an oyster. I'll have I, to masturbate. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, so, I so. don't want to go to my hotel room with all the lotions by myself and masturbate. That would the be the worst thing. thing that would happen. <laughs> the last thing I want to do, Goldie. But I so was my- Goldie. I was shouting at the radio. I was shouting at the podcast on that one. Which is like. I'd send up for a sleeve of lotion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> call it, call up for another sleeve. All right, go, oh, Alex. Sorry. Just, you know, in no, his, that's okay. in his hotel, one arm gripping the other, fighting it. As he ri- Don't go. Do not <laughs> reach down there. Yeah, no. The end of Dr. Strange. We love. will not. <laughs> so, so my cousin Chuck, my mom, me, a few other cousins, we take Nanny Kaplan out from the Western nursing home to go to Weston Center to go to Buttricks to get some ice cream at Buttricks, <laughs> you know, which was the ice cream place. And, and it was, there were a few of them around Boston area. I know a great name for ice cream. Right? Who wants to lick some Buttricks? <laughs> I'll show you some Buttricks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We got bits going. So we we would take her into Weston Center, and we we pull up to Buttrix, and we're getting out of the car, and there are like seven of us. And as we're on our way out, Nanny Kaplan, God bless her, she opens her little coin purse, takes out a dollar bill, gives it to my cousin Chuck, and says, I want to buy the ice cream, like for seven people. You know, she's living in 1928 or whatever. So my cousin Chuck, who's a very funny guy, we get all the ice cream. My cousin Chuck comes back with like 68 sense change. She's like, here you go, Nanny. Like, just to preserve her mindset of living oh, in that time. It was so great. It's funny and it very awesome. sweet. It was great. That's awesome. All right. Well, Goldie, do you have any other, while well, we got our guest here? I just, other, I just have one because it, because it's sort of on topic for our podcast, but you know, because you had this career as an actor, stand up, and now you've had this career as a writer and even director, but like what made you surrender and start writing? Like, what What was that oh. transition like? Because the dream is obviously to be on camera, right? It's like, here's your shirt, stand on that piece of tape, say this stuff, get oh. way more money and don't work at all. Yeah. And get the claim. Not to be us, right? Things, things writers think about, first of all, we used to do the math and figure out how many hours a year the cast worked when we were on Raymond. No. We figured yeah. it out. Because they were down, they were down to like three days a week by the end. Like, like they could figure, they had it so yeah. dialed in. Yeah, oh. we figured it was like ninety six days a year, oh, and wow. they were yeah. making a fortune. So it yeah. was great. I mean, they all deserved it. It was yeah. great. But you had a shot it. at that, right? Like you were. Theoretically, yeah, yeah, in that a, pool of people I rather had, than our pool. Yeah, my, so, like, what what was that transition? Well, here's well, obviously, like everything else in showbiz, and I'll and I'll segue all, all the way through all three things. Everything in showbiz happens because you're pushed out of one thing, and you mm-hmm. climb on to you know your 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 part of your career wrecks on the rocks, and yes. so as you're floundering in the in the in the ocean, you grab on to the yeah. next piece of jetsam, yeah. and so that's what <laughs> happened to me. So I, I I had been. I started off pretty hot. I had a series. I was, you know, I had a, one series, then I had another series, and then, uh, and then of course, the show gets canceled when you move your wife and young son to L.A. Yeah. Um, right. And then there's no job at all, zero. But you did write, like I had, a, you know, I'd written a stand-up special. You know, I had a stand-up special, yeah. and I'd written jokes and 
and I known the writers. I used to hang out with the writers a lot because they were the funniest. Sorry, right. actors, but they were usually the funniest. Yeah. So somebody said, "Hey, uh, wanna, I think Phil said, uh, why don't you?" Uh, first of all, he's kind enough to read a spec, which probably wasn't very good. Um, and then he said, "Well, why don't you help? I'm, I'm doing this pilot." Uh, and then someone else I knew had. So I had two pilots. I punched up two pilots the year Raymond got going. Oh, and wow. my great agent said, you got to take the Jeff Foxworthy show. That Raymond show is going nowhere. <laughs> um, so uh, I, 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 I didn't. I said, <laughs> Thank I, I, took, God. I took much less. I took much less money to work on Raymond. And oh. uh, now oh, that guy's so smart. You just knew. <laughs> so, smart. so, but so, yeah. You so you smart. jump on. I've never, you go through the open I've never navigated that decision correctly. Yeah. How ever. did you know to choose that? <laughs> of the two shows. I like, what, way, how did you wasn't, know? Yeah, it wasn't actually Jeff Foxworthy was huge. Yeah, it was. It was. He was. But wait, actually, I'm I'm out of of touch. One of the writers on the first series I got, which is the summer series on CBS, I went around Europe with a video camera and uh, and sent video letters home. And it ran for six or seven episodes in the summer of 1990. It was a great gig. I really did go to Europe. I really did shoot myself, you know, by with a camera, video camera. (laughs) And um, and it aired. But the writer. (laughs) The writer was a Massachusetts guy named Peter Tolan, who's famous. He wrote Analyze This, and he wrote Rescue Me. So he was a great guy, still is. And he (laughs) and I would do this Boston accent thing, and we started doing car talk to each other. The the NPR show, the the Click and Clack of Tappet Brothers. And we went in and pitched a show that was that and eventually became the George Wentz show, which helped kill it because he couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> George is George is great, but those yeah. aren't his rhythms. Okay. No. So that gave me a writing credit. So like oh. like as as Tolan said, like I was up for a pilot that year as an actor, and I was worried about doing it, and it wasn't going to go. And Tolan looked me in the eye and he said, "I'm giving you your freedom. Oh wow. Why would you take a pilot when I'm you know we're on the air for twelve? Like why or or nine? Why don't you take this job? Yeah. And, wow, and, great and luckily the pilot went away in time for me to to join Peter and do that. And then I was off to the races. I had so much fun in a writer's room. Yeah. Like, so that was it. You know, you could just, you know, I had been a stand up. So you just do jokes and hump things all day long. That's great. So then so then Raymond came along and I just kept going through open doors. And then same thing with the Goldbergs. Like I had gone into I worked for Mike Royce on Men of a Certain Age, which is a great show. But nobody watched it. It was a, a, a drama, and then I couldn't get back in the in the in the half hour business. But then, luckily, uh, the Goldbergs came along because I had a connection to Adam, my wife. It's a, too long of a story. This is another day. But <laughs> anyway, then on that show, they were like, "You're going to do," because I was always the on set guy. I mean, I was in the room when I could be. But he said, "You should go down to set because I can't. They, he can't cover set. Yeah, he, he'll he'll rewrite yeah. the whole show while he's down there. Right. He said, you you just go down there. And then he then after three days, he said, "You can never come back. They all <laughs> want you to stay down there." So then he said, well, you're going to direct. And I didn't want to direct. Everyone always wants to direct. I didn't want to yeah, direct. Yeah, me either. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, you're going to direct half the episode someday. And I was like, ah, wow. yeah. And, and at the age that I was, I was 48 or 49. I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to do that. And, <laughs> like, and so, learn a whole new craft. <laughs> yeah, learn a whole new thing. And But gradually I started getting frustrated enough that I was like, you know what? I could do it. And, there, and so then I did 40 of them. That's amazing. I just got into it, but you get pushed off. You get you don't decide. You get pushed off. And and now as I am out of show business, uh I am you know, the Goldbergs will end and I will be pushed off into into travel into and leisure. The, yeah. Well we can have you back like <laughs> once a year. Yeah. So that's uh, no, yeah. Yeah. That's great. We'll check in with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Well that's uh, 
Great stuff. I loved hearing those stories, and uh, you're you're the canary in our coal mine, and you're doing great. So yeah. that's no, just awesome. fo- follow that's awesome me, boys. This is yeah, <laughs> that's the way to go. <laughs> don't be don't. It, it's great. It's 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 a great thing. It's it's like a you know show business is like uh, uh, I've never done this, but I assume from from film clips that it's like <laughs> going on a harrowing whitewater raft trip where you get your whole family in there and. It, you're bouncing around and somebody falls off and then they get pulled back in and then at the end they're spit out into into like a calm pool and you look around and you're like, do we have everybody? <laughs> oh, okay. We're okay, we're okay. And then, and then the guy goes, you guys want to go tomorrow? And you're like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, well... That was really fun, and now yeah, let's let's get you. into another fun uh, part of the show. It's the part of the show that we like to call Top Five. Top Five. And who's that singing? You ask. Well, that's us, Lou. We we oh. sang that. JC put it together. It's the best thing we'll ever do. It's and fantastic. now. We, we have a we have a great uh, topic today, an appropriate topic. JC was chomping at the bit to do this one. This made me um, nervous. It was, it was tough for JC, but you know what? We're here to we're here to we're going to support you. you and we're here to we're protect gonna, you. We're okay. gonna we're in front of you. We're okay. we're, <laughs> we're going to abandon we're, you. We're uh, uh, fending you know. off all the criticism. <laughs> all right, and we so will our, not abandon you at the first sign of criticism. No, we okay. will not at all. Never. All, Why would we? All you have to remember, JC. Is it goes five to one? <laughs> That's right. See? He's a fan. Lou is a fan. Okay, so today's today's top five list is top five Jews of all time. Now this was this was very fun to go through, and I think my my list is a little bit uh, a little flippant, a little disrespectful. But what what else would you expect from a rascal like me? Um, and I'm sure your lists are fun and awesome too. Let me let me get us started just to Alrighty. just to set sure. a tone here. Okay, so. Starting at number five, and uh, I'm here for the controversy on this one. Number five, top five Jews of all time, Harrison Ford. Mm. Harrison no controversy. Ford. Okay. Nope. Thank you. Thank you. He has been vetted. His mother is Ashkenazi, so okay. that counts. He's Jewish. <laughs> And thank God he got the Irish looks. Good for him. He has a, um, he has a gut like yours. He cannot eat, right. he not eat Mexican food. He right. would have been do third it. except I for that. Crashing that plane in the middle of Burbank. That, I know, I know. There, there, I, I prefer to, my. I remember him in the 80s. Um, okay, number four, top five Jews of all time. Julian Edelman. Oh. oh good good oh, he, was, he was so close. <laughs> he was close. So close. Julian Edelman. 
I can still see him crossing the middle of that field and just, oh, before that ball hit the turf, he got it. That's Take all. Him. That's a catch. Take him right on the tefillin. <laughs> all right. So number three, and here's where we get into the, you know, the real rarefied air. Number three is Groucho Marx. Oh. Has to be. Groucho wow. Marx. It, it, even, you know, people think like, oh, well, no one would want to watch the Marx Brothers today. Watch the Marx Brothers. I guarantee you'll laugh. Groucho is hilarious. He's legitimately hilarious. Still funny, even though it's black and white a hundred years ago almost. It's still hilarious. It's still be funny. Okay, number two. This one, I will fight anyone who gets mad at me about this. Woody Allen. Number two God. is Woody Allen, and I've gone on record on this show. I don't want to be canceled, but I just happen to be Team Woody. I, I don't oh, if believe. you say you don't want to be canceled, they won't cancel you. Yeah, yeah that's right. Thank you. I said <laughs> yeah, it. That's all you, I you called just have it. to specify that. In I called I it. Called I'm, it. I'm saying some I stuff, but I do it. not want to be canceled. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, included. Not included. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like calling shotgun. Not canceled. Woody Allen. Anyway, I, I won't get too deep into it, but I think his films are fantastic and i think he's hilarious and i think he's number two number one is larry david ld yes love him oh. top top of my pyramid i'm i'm loving curb this year the episode really this funny. weekend made me laugh hysterically so I seen it, yet. it could be a recency bias but he's my number one jew there's my list and i'll stand by it um, all right who would like to um, go next sorry anyone go next uh, pretend that we have five minutes left and uh, then somebody you go do you want me to go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go uh, ahead all right. All right. Because I feel like for, for whatever reason, I, I must have been, had low blood sugar. I completely left the comedy arena on this and, and somehow oh, good, got cool. good. super, I super been, like, got super thoughtful for, good. for some I stupid reason. I'm not no, capable no, of that. I love it. No, you're going to have to go again with the exact same list right after this to Clint to swab out the spot. Uh, <laughs> all right. So- I, I, I had to, you know, it's always hard with Jews, especially if you've been raised by them. So I, I tried to, I, I divided them into sort of categories as I went. So anyway, number five in this sort of in a social justice arena was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. And, I mean, Great yes, call. I mean, first of all, funny. Second of all, uh, you know, just, you know, look. If women, if she wasn't there, women would still be making 30 cents and now they make 40 cents on the dollar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> RBG. All right. Then. Because you're supposed to say this, Albert Einstein. Yes. You know, because yeah. you made it okay for people. To I know. For me, I would have, but Julian Edelman, guys. <laughs> I know. I, by the way, it's funny that you have like, it's either Einstein or Edelman. I don't know. <laughs> And it's, and it's Einstein because he made it okay for people to look bad in photos. Um, <laughs> no, all right, then in the sports, I had to put a sport. And it's Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Yeah. Sandy yeah. fucking Koufax. The yeah. guy was badass. And, and he kind of disappeared smartly. Yes. Like yes. he's a mystery. Right. He shows, yeah. up, he shows up as a pitching instructor like every five years. Like he comes back. Oh, look, I'm work, working with one of the Martinez brothers. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number two, this guy just sort of snuck in there. Jesus, um, <laughs> he's got he's got all the tangibles and the intangibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then number one, uh, because it gives me two, Kyle Reiner, oh. Kyle oh. Reiner, yeah, and that gives me the one A of Mel Brooks right. because yes. uh, you know nobody nobody better better straight man better writer better director. Bit keen observer of the human condition, 
Funny as shit. Great. Okay, Great. Carl Reiner. Lot Great. to choose from an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> All right, JC, let's sandwich you in so okay. it doesn't get too, too right. controversial. So number five is um, Carol King. Oh, wow. Choice. Mm. wow. Yes. God bless yes. you, your music mind. <laughs> mm. So number four, and I may be biased. It's one of those things you meet your heroes and you're usually disappointed, but in this case... He's an incredible human being, Danny Elfman. Me... Oh, sorry, oh. Goldie. Oh. I was going to guess Aaron Crickstein. Oh. This <laughs> <laughs> player. Eddie <laughs> Solomon. <laughs> JC loves Eric. tennis. I know. Thank you, Goldie. Harold Solomon. Eddie did. Harold Solomon. <laughs> Danny Elfman. Crickstein yeah, got cut by uh, Jimmy Connors. <laughs> Connors wouldn't let him have his moment. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I got to look at um, that. Up. That's um, great, though. Yeah. Uh, number three. Larry David. There you go. Um, Love it. Here's some overlap again with with Lou, though. Number two, Einstein. Yeah. um, Nice choice, Einstein. (laughs) And number. Yes. (laughs) Albert, yes, to be exact. And um, number one, RBG. Ruth oh, Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, your list was great, JC. Uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Albert Einstein would have given you two because it could have been Albert Brooks who was oh, Albert oh, Einstein. In oh, real. Yeah. You're right. I didn't know that. That's right. Thank you. All right. Two and two A. Uh, I'll bring us home here. Yeah. Really hard to come up with five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, Natalie Portman. Ooh, oh, yes. very few people Bravo. have made us look better. Vava uh, Joom. Yeah. Uh, number four, <laughs> David Lee Roth. Ooh, oh, he, he, I considered him. Greatest yeah. band of all time. And Greatest vocalist. front man of all time. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. Number three, Lou stole the joke. Jesus. <laughs> uh, number two, Einstein, Albert. Yes, yes. Yeah. And number one, Alec, this, I mean, this is why we have the podcast. Larry David. Yeah. Yay. No wow. Thank you. By the way, right. yeah. no Bob Dylan. No Bob Dylan. No, no, no. no, no. no. Never cared for him. <laughs> I don't have to me. like pretend to. <laughs> I know to like him. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I, I yeah. I don't. I don't really give it. Give me Cat Stevens any yeah, day. I'm a softy. First hip hop song. That's the first first hip hop. First hip hop song. You're right. You're yeah. right. It beat Blondie's whatever. Enjoy um, your homework. <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's yes. uh, let's close it out here today, as we do each week now, on a high note. <laughs> and that's Tom Gamble. Thank you, Tom Gamble, for giving us our high note. Let me start because I want to go quickly. And this is, I mean, talk about a brown nose kiss ass. I, my high note today is that we had Mr. Lou Schneider Wait, on the show. Along came a Schneider. All right, well, you good. You can say you agree. Let's all he just was, share that. Let's just share Yes. It. It's Let's a unanimous high note is yes. Lou Schneider. Yes, Lou Schneider. Oh, because I got to tell you, I had to, I had to really fight for you, Lou. <laughs> I think Goldie. Out. You know what? No one right. believed in you but me. Not Goldie, true, not true. I campaigned so shamelessly, and then I didn't hear from you, and I was like, oh, played it. Uh, oh, better play it cool. So then I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Then I hear nothing. I'm like, oh, I got to I gotta go back the other way. Got to show how interested no. I am. Oh. We loved having you, and I just want to, this is, uh, highlights a larger point, which is if you email us at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com, 
Maybe you'll get on the show. Yeah. Email yes. us. We were supposed I'm, to do email this week. We don't have time, but we will do email no. next week. But yeah. send us an email, and yeah. uh, next thing you know, you're in one of the squares. Yeah. I know so Gary Janetti did not send you an email. <laughs> no. 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 He has he had to be first. Yeah. He had to be first or not at all. <laughs> that was the way it was going to go with Gary. Yes. And that worked out. He was terrific as yes. well. He wasn't our high note, a unanimous high note, but you know what? Okay. Lou, you guys you were, were my high note. I didn't want to be a kiss ass, but you guys <laughs> oh, were my high note. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, what a, what a love fest. And this is what we fest. in Hollywood call a mutual jerk off, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's done. Each other Wait, on the back. <laughs> one more thing I have to put in the show. My friend Stephen Leo, who really, really like my comedy rabbis, they used to refer to the upfronts as the reach arounds. <laughs> Ah, that's great the upfronts is where they introduce the new shows for each season on different networks oh my god that's a perfect name and that's what it is that's what it is oh they regretted that dad's reach around i'll tell you that much oh what a, a shameful reach around for fox um anyway wow that was a fun show today guys thank yeah. you thank you three for being awesome thank everyone out there for listening and we will be back again next week with another episode of a typical <laughs> disgusting display. <laughs> 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 <laughs>